You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Kenneth. And tonight we're looking at the Star Hunter Redux Season 2, Episode 1, Episode Rebirth, Episode Synopsis. The year is 2300, and bounty hunter Travis Montana is hanging out with his cohort, Marcus, when he gets a headache, and he has a vision of the trans-utopian coming out of a hyperspace wormhole. Meanwhile, Percy and the trans-utopian are coming out of a hyperspace wormhole. Caravaggio gets a brief facelift, but finally settles on some new clothes instead. Looking at the clock, Percy realizes that this is the future and heads for a space dock. Flashback time as we meet Zavras, the mustache-twirling villain of this piece. He's a raider, and when fellow raider Travis Montana betrayed their clan, he thought he'd killed him, but since he didn't, he's, it's his life's mission to do so, because he's got nothing better to do. And if he can't track him down, he'll make Travis come to him. Travis has had another headache, and although done off-screen, he explains to his court that, that he times travels. It's a thing he never bothered to mention. No biggie, though. Back to the job at hand, arresting a perp, because they're bounty hunters. It's what they do. They also snatch the bounty right out from under Callie, another bounty hunter. She's not happy about that. Rodolfo shows up and tries to claim the trans-utopian. He's fallen upon hard times and wants to get back into the highly lucrative bounty hunter game. His efforts to convince Percy that the trans-utopian are his fail. Rodolfo was paid off by the insurance company and Percy claims it by right of legitimate salvage. He offers her a deal to lease the ship from her. She agrees. Zavris destroys a research lab because Travis had a friend on it and sits back to wait. Callie, the bounty hunter, applies for and gets employment with Rudolfo. Travis learns of the trans-utopian and visits Percy, claiming that the ship is his by right of being Dante's son. Percy, who met Travis Montana very recently in her timeline, doesn't seem to remember that, but since Travis cannot provide documentation, she doesn't accept his claim at face value. He also wants to lease the ship, so she arranges for him and Rudolfo to be in a surprise bidding war at the Transutopian's airlock. When an immediate bidding war doesn't materialize, Percy locks them out and decides to leave. They break in before she can take off. Travis proposes a deal. They all work together on a provisional basis, tracking down the perpetrators of the research lab destruction because that's what bounty hunters do? Investigate crimes, identify suspects, and bring them to justice? Apparently bounty hunting has changed in the 24th century. There are unresolved problems with the Transutopian, and they must work together as a more or less cohesive team to survive. Travis, it seems, is a natural-born leader, and he begins to act as the leader of the group. Percy chafes at this, and when Travis takes a shuttle to investigate, she balks, retaking command of the ship and making to abandon him and Callie. But Zavris arrives, and the Transutopian and the shuttle work together to fight him off. Later, Zavris' second-in-command sets up an obvious trap for Travis, which he walks into, and with the help of his new friends, they walk out again. But they don't get any bounty, so they're stuck with their trial partnership for the next exciting episode of Star Hunter Redux. All right, I did something very, very, 
vanishingly rare with Star Hunter Redux. I watched that episode twice. Twice. All right. Because, uh, you know, it, it's so... Uh, it It's... I Best I can say is that in, in the way of cliffhangers, the resolution of this cliffhanger is pretty weird. And I wanted to go back over it again and, and discover two things. One, did I miss something about what the heck's going on? And two, the first time I watched through it, and I, I kid you not, the first time I watched through this, I watched this and I go, wow, everybody is more angry at Percy than I am. And that's never happened in the history of this show. Whenever it's in there, you know, Dante gets kind of mad at Percy, but I'm furiously, murderously mad at her. And, and this time, they were murderously mad at her. And I was like, eh. So I thought, maybe she's not as bad. Maybe she's not as horrible as she was before. So I rewatched it and I was wrong. She is. But just kind of in a sort of I'm stoned and have the munchies kind of way. But yeah. Anyway. Um, we've got new characters. So, okay. I guess I'll let you give the background here. Star Hunter and Star Hunter. We, we've talked about this before. There was Star Hunter. There was Star Hunter 2300. There was. Uh, there, were, there were big changes between the two basically different shows. You might want to call them that. And and then Star Hunter Redux is combining them back together. Uh, how long between the shows? Uh, what drove the changes uh, in, in the original series? And, and, and introduce us to our new uh, actors in these in these parts. Okay. If you would be um, so kind. Yes, I, I can do that. Um, the first season of Star Hunter, in its original form, aired um, in 2000 and 2001. Mm-hmm. Ran for 22 episodes. The second season, Star Hunter 2300, aired in 2003 and 2004. Okay. So it's been a couple years past. Yes. For the actors. And okay. Exactly. So um, work uh, actors found other work. People had to rebuild the sets. Um, and fake people rebuilt the sets in a different city, in an, even a different Canadian province. Um, the you may have noticed that um, there are new sets and that some of the um, that there are some of the in that dining area off the side of the bridge. There's now suddenly a, st- a staircase. Hmm. Okay. I I didn't get that detailed on it, but I'll go I'll go so far as to say I could tell that it was different, like the bridge and everything. But it felt to me it felt pretty darn close to the original design, but. It's as if they, you know how when they set up a, when they make a set, they have places where the cameras go. It's as if they redid that so that the cameras went somewhere else. We were getting different angles of the bridge. And I think that helped disguise the fact that it was not the same bridge. It's not. It's not, it's obviously not, but at the same time, it's less obvious because they don't shoot it from that same angle that they always did from before. They're, They're kind of shifted, I don't know. 30 degrees uh, anti-clockwise from what they normally would have off the bridge. And it, it, it makes a difference. So, but I, I never noticed that there was a dining area off the bridge. I just assumed it was somewhere else on the ship. I never noticed them walk well, yeah. between in it. The, so. In the first season, some people walked off to the side and there was that area with the table. and But but there was no hole in the wall through beyond which there were, there were, there were steps. Mm. Okay. 
So they did that. If they moved that to another, well, they move it. They rebuilt it on another city. It 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 still has the feel of the same kind of. It does. Technology and 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 universe. So yes, it does. It's it's not like going from you know New Chicago to the Searcher. Uh, oh <laughs> my gosh, the Searcher. Oh no, yeah. don't, talk, don't talk about Buck Rogers season two here. <laughs> All right. Okay, but because it's horrible, and I thought, okay, but anyhow, the also there's the question of time. We do we do get a date, January the third, twenty three hundred. Mm-hmm. The last season that is technically the twenty third century, still, isn't it? The yes, it is. Fourth century it, starts still at two thousand, um, until uh, it starts at two. Yes, exactly. The first, yeah. It's the last year of the twenty third century. The um, people keep on talking about fifteen years. Well, by my reckoning, it's closer to thir- to thirteen, but never mind that. Percy was uh, never good with numbers, obviously. Yeah, but other people keep talking about uh, throughout. Occasionally, in other episodes, people mention fifteen years, but no, it's more like thirteen. Okay, never mind. I do math. That's all. Um, we do have to start at the top here. We have a uh, someone claiming to be Travis Montana. Uh, he's not. Uh, I I have the. I figured this out um, a little a little while back, and some years ago I had before Star Hunter Redux came along. I had worked, and I was just watching the um, Star Hunter and Star Hunter. 2300 episodes on dvd i'd worked out my theory of reconciling the two seasons by saying that each one happened in 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 a parallel in, a, in some parallel okay but let's stick with that let's, for the minute i want to go parallel realities and whatnot in a, in, a, in a bit let's let's just get with the production details for okay the yes 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 and so we have um this person claiming to be travis montana i have it on the authority of g philip jackson one of the series creators that this is not Travis Montana. Okay. Just so you know. And in, when we look at star Hunter redux, it's all supposed to happen in one universe in one, in one reality. And so the real Travis Montana is out there somewhere. This guy is not Travis Montana. He apparently thinks he is. Other people seem to think he is. And we we get confirmation going forward that he's not and we get it we even get it in this episode the details are wrong consider for example from the from the first season what was travis montana's name in among the raiders i completely blocked it from my mind zephyrin okay and his clan let me look this up here slytherin right yeah no is in his clan that's very funny his clan was not Varen as it is here. It was Idish Jamar. So he was Zephyrin of the Idish Jamar clan, and he was the overall leader of the Raiders in the first season. In this one, he is has left the Raiders, but when he was a Raider, he was the leader of the Varen clan, and his Raider name was Dazic. Different character. Okay, well, that remains to be seen because what we've got here is does not conclude that, and I well, don't actually, buy the. Uh, okay, I mean, let, all right, we've gone here. This isn't production detail, but the fact is that these writers are so incompetent. I don't buy any of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can try to justify it all you want. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's not him. It's like I don't know. I have questions. I have far there are far other details about the questions on this guy, uh, but. For starters, obviously he's affected by the Divinity Cluster. He is. 
So, which, you know, the whole concept seems to have petered out there uh, since they were in a world-devastating uh, crisis at the end. But all right, let's, let's take a... If we're going to try to make an excuse for, for Travis Montana here way or the other with absolute 100% certainty uh, and and somebody who's supposedly bright like Percy should have been able to think of it in two and a half seconds but all right Dante went back in time time's different this is a Star Trek 2009 reboot Kelvin timeline universe that's a very real possibility um <clears throat> I don't think Percy's done any due diligence unless it later proves out that she looked to see what happened to Dante. Because if Dante went back to the moment in time, which we saw him do, and they even showed it in the preview. He went back to the moment in time that they killed his wife and stole his son and somehow he got away. But now he's there. He's got two options. He either got away again or he died. So that's that what happened to him again back 11 years prior to the events of thing. If he died... He should be recorded amongst the dead for that base. Percy should have been able to find that out. You know, in looking for information about, you know, like if she was doing a search for Dante, I'd like to find Dante Montana. Computer. Oh, Dante Montana died in a raid 11 years ago or now 23 years or 26 years ago or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. So if, if this universe has a paper trail on Dante Montana, it either ends there or Dante Montana is running around out there. Okay, fine. But it's, you know, it, it. we saw that it happened. He went back there. Is is that, you know, or maybe that's a different universe and Percy will never see him again. I have to say that if there was ever a, an amusing switch to a program where they went from Dante searching for Travis for Travis searching for Dante, there's never been a quest that I wanted to see them not find the protagonist or to find their goal of their quest more than them not finding Dante. Because this guy is like light years better than Dante in one episode. <laughs> it's like, yes. in like Dante to begin with, this guy's actually functionally competent, or he appears to be. And, and I like him so much better already that it's just it's like, I am so glad they fired Michael Pare. I didn't think he was good acting wise, writing wise, how he was portrayed, you know, glad he's gone. Happy, happy, happy. Only thing could have made it happier would be Percy gone. But but they checked DNA enough times to find out if somebody was related to Dante that two seconds they could have gone, you got any documentation on that? Nope. Can I run a DNA test? Oh, sure. Why not? Oh, I'm not. Well, there you go. Problem solved. So, psh, boom. I, I don't, you know, th- this, the problem is, is the way it's presented once again Percy seems stupider than rocks in a bag at the bottom of a well. And I, duh. Hey, <laughs> like, uh, documentation on that? No. I mean, I did just meet Travis Montana, I don't know, a few days ago, my timeline. Yeah. And you're not him. You are 100% definitely not him. <laughs> it's like, I don't care if you're 15 years older. That's not you. And if you were you, you would remember me. And you don't. Therefore, you seem like you're not Dante Montana to me. But why do you think you're Dante Montana? Who, who told you that? What, you know, <clears throat> notwithstanding getting the names of the Raider clans wrong and not getting, you know, the fact that he was the leader of a clan three years later 
from television wise. They're just like, you know, I don't like that name. It looks better on their biker jackets to put Zarin on the back than it did Ishtar or whatever it was. Um, Ishmael or can't remember what it was now. It is Jamar. It is Jamar. You see, terrible name for a back of a jacket. Zarin mm-hmm. kind of has a yeah. sort of, you know, put a big eagle on the back and maybe a skull and the snake hanging out of his mouth or something. But uh, uh, because the Raiders are now biker gangs. So, that all of that it, it's it's not a mystery that interests me because it's so easily proved or disproved with the technology we have in this universe but that notwithstanding like i say this guy's so much better than dante that the show's already you know 15 percent better it is a good performance you know it's not just the performance it's the way he's written he doesn't do anything in this that's just dumb 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 because I've got a thick skull, which is what Dante would frequently do. And so, you know, he, 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 yes, he's a natural leader and that comes across and that's good. Um, Dante never had that, you know, he didn't come off as a natural born leader either. This guy seems like one of those people you can put in a room with 15 people. And by the end of it, he's going to be running the meeting. And all of that is a huge improvement and something that this show needed. So uh, I'm, I'm good there. I'm good there. Uh, who is this guy? I mean, not, not the character, the actor. Clive Robertson. Um, I did look him up here. He is English-born in uh, 1965. Ooh, about uh, my age. Uh, mainly a stage actor. Um, uh, his last IMDb credit, Star Hunter Redux notwithstanding, is from 2013. Okay. And apparently he um, starred in um, 500, he was in 571 of the 755 episodes of the soap opera Sunset Beach, which ran from 1997 to 1999. And where was that from? Um, that was U.S. That was U.S., okay. Yeah. I've never heard of that soap opera, but... My grandmother watched General Hospital. So. <laughs> Only ran for three years, but apparently he's um, more of a stage actor. Okay. Well, with 500 credits in TV, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of performances. But yeah, all right. Um, okay. Um, we also have, uh, we have Callie. Uh... Yes, we have Callista Larcadia. We will, in future episodes, we will delve deeply into her back, that character's background. Mars the, Federation, so that's the same as uh, 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 what's her name, Lucretia. She's um, she's she's Lucretia Mark II. Yeah, that's I got that. Yeah, um, Dawn Stern is the actress. Um, Dawn Stern, born on a U.S. Army base in Japan in 1966. You may have noticed she has a fairly exotic look. Um, I was going to say, is she part Japanese? Uh, no, she's Scottish, Norwegian, French, African, and Native American. Okay. Okay, she definitely did have a, 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 a look. I couldn't pin it, but okay. Um, by, uh, apparently, she is in some ways very much like her character and that they're both tomboys. And she, uh, Dawn Stern, grew up in, uh, grew up in, in, in Illinois. Um, and if you go to YouTube and type in Dawn Stern Star Search... You can get video, you can get some footage of her from 1993 when she was on Star Search, uh, where as she as a contestant. Yes, as a, as a contestant, and the, in the category of spokesmodel. Okay, interesting. 
Her IMDb credits range from 1996 to 2012. Um, she was in. She starred in the second season of Viper. Don't know if you watched Viper. Wasn't that a that was a, a that era of time where you had. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the other ones, but it was it was the high tech. The high-tech vehicle. This spy case, car. Yeah, it's yeah. a spy car, yes, she was. That was in 1996-97, she was a star on Viper. I'm trying to think of the other one that was the guy that was walking around in the exosuit. Do you remember uh, that one? The same yeah, time? The guy. I want to say Manatee, but that's not it. Mantis? Mantis. That was it. Yeah, it was Mantis, yes. She, that was um, the same time. And you could blow me away that Viper made it two years. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> actually Viper was there for four years. but No! Seriously? Seriously. Uh, she also um, guest starred in an episode of Crusade. Okay. Remember that All Babylon right. 5 spinoff where she was um, in the episode The Path of Sorrows. There was a, one of those flashback sequences. She was a uh, captured she, – she was a telepath who had gone rogue from the Psy mm. I'm kind of surprised she wasn't in heavy makeup. No, uh, she wasn't. She was herself. I pulled out the DVD when I saw that reference and got to the scene, and it looked like her. Hmm. She guest starred in um, first season of Star Trek Enterprise. Alien? Yes. She's on... got such an odd look to yes. her face that I could see them you going, you know, a little prosthetics here and there, and she will definitely look alien without a lot of work. She was of She was one of the beautiful aliens on Risa. In, okay. in two days and two nights. And, of course, Star Hunter 2300 now, which is the second season of Star, Hunt, Star Hunter Redux. Um, lately, she has other work going on. She and her husband are, are the founders and two, and two of the people who are leading a, uh, a nonprofit group called Decrute, which um, uses um, Shakespeare and science to treat trauma among people who have been in the U.S. Arms, armed forces. Interesting. Decrute. All right. And they have, they have, a, very, have a very good website. It's de-c-r-u-i-t, and you can look them up. They have a website. All right. Well, uh, my first thoughts on her, she doesn't get a whole lot to do in this episode, but she does uh, kick some butt, and um, <clears throat> she apparently is a... I don't know whether she's a competent bounty hunter or not yet, since she did not get the bounty on the woman that, that Travis got. Um, at the same time, she'd been tracking her for months at her own expense, so she's obviously freelance. But, you know, for slotting into the position that Lucretia held, I didn't dislike Lucretia. And I think, you know, that she was burdened down by her daddy issues and the Divinity Cluster storyline, and the fact that Dante was just, you know, a, a constant jerk to her, that if you could have taken the character of Lucretia and wiped away that, the Divinity Cluster stigma stuff and the, the, the orchard stigma, uh, I, I would have, I think that would have been a good thing. And it kind of feels like what they're doing here. It is. Um, so I think I'm fine with it. She seemed okay. You know, she got into a fairly quick working rapport with Travis, despite the, you know, cliche, we meet, we hate each other because he's just an arrogant jerk and da 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 But they seem to, 
uh, I say hit it off, but that's not, that's not what I mean. But they seem to be able to work together, which is important because if they're going to be a team, they got to work together. So <clears throat> then we have Marcus Fagan, I believe. We do. The side Fagan, kid. really? Really? Mm, Fagan? Mark, <laughs> Mark, Marcus yeah. Fagan. Um, the uh, uh, former apprentice raider. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Yeah. I was an apprentice raider. What? <laughs> well, you had to get your union card before you can be a full-fledged raider? I thought just when they kidnapped you and raised you as one, you were a raider. But okay. All right. There'll be, be more on his background as we go through the season. Um, the actor is Paul Fox. Okay. Born, he's English, born in 1979. Seems to be mostly a stage actor. Uh, though he does have IMDb credits going all the way back to 1989. Uh, the wow. Mo- yeah. The that mo- goes back further than the other people. And he yeah. seems like he's like 10 years younger than everybody else yeah. or 20. Yeah. Okay. He started as a, he saw a child. He was a child, child actor. actor. Okay. Um, and um, in the science fiction realm, uh, he was in some episodes of Westworld. Oh, oh, new Westworld. Yeah. Not beyond Westworld. I thought, how could he be that? No way he could have been in beyond Westworld. No, it, it was a little, been little embryo. Of, embryo for that one. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the uh, cable series. Yes. Okay. All right. That might be where I've seen him because he looked familiar. He, he he was the only one of the bunch when I saw him. I just thought, okay, I've seen him somewhere. None of the other actors uh, in the show ever turn up and make me think I've seen them before. So, the, cr- okay. the, the, the list, the, the credit listing for him um, on IMDb has him as young doctor on on Westworld. <sighs> okay, well I I can't say I place him. It's just it's his face is familiar. It's also kind of. It is a pretty generic, for the white, streetwise sidekick character. He's kind of generic. He's got that generic look, right? Right. So there's probably a half dozen other shows that have a sidekick that look a lot like him. So that could be what I'm confusing it with, too. Uh, Jury's still out on him. Uh, it, It would be good... It will be good to have a qualified engineer that doesn't spend his time trying to wreck the ship uh, on board. Uh, I like that idea very much. Um, So he definitely, I can see how his personality would be incredibly annoying if he is allowed to continue talking all the time. Just constantly, I'll tell you my story, tell me your story. It's like, really? Time and a place, guy. That is not the time and the place. I'm thinking, get the ship fixed. Wait till you're having a meal and you're not, you know, trying to weld stuff and not get right. killed. And yeah. So that, uh, uh, we have the return of Rudolfo. Why, oh, why, oh, why did they bring Rudolfo into this? I, I know he had a bigger part in the original Star Hunter. Um, but... Actually smaller because it was mostly in, on screen and most of it got cut in the, in, when, when everything went no, to that's Star what Hunter, I mean. In, Redux. in Star Hunter, he had more yeah. than he did in Star Hunter Redux. Yes. That's what I mean. So I, I realized that ignoring Star Hunter Redux, right? If you're looking at Star Hunter and you say, all right, Rudolfo did have a part where he was in, let's say, 2% of the show. Therefore, he's a familiar face to the audience. So I guess we'll hire him. It just doesn't seem like... 
So it doesn't seem like he's adding anything to the equation at the moment. That's just like, I guess we'll find out. There is sort of an implication that before Dante took over as his bounty hunter, he was a bounty hunter. So yeah. maybe he's good at it. He was good enough to get buy a ship and hire people to work for him. So I'll give him a chance. He He definitely was not as awful as he seemed to be in the little bits that I've seen of him. Yes. So again, I'm hoping I'm hoping that somebody at the money level of this show, you know, higher than the producers or that the functional producers, you know, put a foot on the back of their neck and said stop making obnoxious characters. And uh and and I'm hoping and hope hope beyond hope spring eternal here and that you know, it's just it's just a matter of time. I went back to watch it specifically to find out if Percy was as awful as she used to be because my first impression is that she wasn't. My second impression is I think maybe she is, but I think maybe they're they're setting her up to be less awful once she gets comfortable with the situation. But that's me just hoping, hoping beyond hope that they are going to do something with her. Okay. The, you know, the actor for Rudolfo is Stephen Marcus. And I was scrolling through his IMDb credits, which go back to 1985, and uh, he's found out that he was the he had a he played a small role in um, the Shakespeare Code, a Doctor Who episode from 2007. He played the jailer. Oh, it's been a long time since I've seen that one, and that was a pretty small part. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, all right, and, and he was uh, probably in makeup. No, he was what? No, I, I, I did go go back and find the scene. He looked okay. Like he was in costume. He was in costume. <laughs> you know, probably with the the awful hair and the hats and the frilly stuff. He was and, Elisa, you know. he was an, an Elizabethan era jailer. Yeah. Uh, and we have very briefly a hint of the Caravaggio from Star Hunter twenty three hundred. Right until he turns mm. back into Murray Melvin. And the um, very brief glimpse um, you see of the um, Caravaggio from Star Hunter 2300 is Graham Harley, who was a British-Canadian actor who died in 2010 and whose um, other major work that I've known is a, is a very good uh, a movie from Canada called The Trojan Horse from 2008. If you ever can watch it, it's a good one. It's a sequel to one called H2O. But I did recognize him there. And speaking of Caravaggio, Murray Melvin is Caravaggio. Mm-hmm. Back uh, again. Murray Melvin, born 1932, and still alive. And his um, oldest IMDb, IMDb credit is from 1959. Of course, he was in Torchwood for two episodes in 2007. He was in that two. Uh, he was in that. He was in that awful 2004 Phantom of the Opera movie. Uh, he was in in one episode of The Avengers. Mm-hmm. The original a, Avengers, I assume. Yes, and he was in that awful science fiction movie Slipstream. <laughs> He's getting some winners here, apparently. Yeah, and he was in Barry Lyndon, so apparently a good movie there. So I, I'm I'm going to guess that. And I'm guessing that the two years passed, they couldn't get Murray Melvin for That's Star right. Hunter 2300. Yes. They hired another guy. The guys went back and, and redid that. Any idea why they left the transition scene in? 
Because they obviously had to yeah. rework that so that he yeah. could go, oh, I'm updating my look and kind of stuff. That's a good question. I mean, why, why not just go back to Melvin Murray? Um, I guess just gave a little wink to those of us who watched the original to watch the original version. It didn't bother me. It was just kind of, um, I, I, I just thought, well, all right, I, I, I get that they replaced him. And there is the line where she says, you look different. <clears throat> but, but the fact is, and you could explain that, right? I mean, because they've had to put new dialogue in completely. But the weird part to me is he doesn't look like Caravaggio from the previous series. No. In other words, he hasn't got the, the, he's got a much different colored spine. It's nowhere near as obvious. Uh, he's wearing, I think, different tunic. He is. Is that the one that the the replacement Caravaggio wore and they're just substituting no. the face? Or they no. surely redid the whole thing. Yes, the original Star Hunter 2300 version of Caravaggio looked completely different down to the clothing, for lack of a better, of a better term. But then they just did this one and they made it look, they made it look not like the previous year. All right. I, it just kind of, I, I always thought the old look was strange. I mean, I just, I can't quite imagine why you'd want your AI to have his spine hanging out on a cruise line. Yeah. And so here they've, they've made that less prominent, but you still got his spine hanging down through. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, do we, do we, is it conducive to people on luxury liners to have your AI look like somebody who's been ripped in half by the alien queen? Um, <laughs> I get your point. I do. And the, 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 the original version of Caravaggio in Star Hunter 2300 did not have the spine hanging out. Mm. Did he have it in the original Star Hunter? The first season originally, yes. Yeah, he did. Okay, so he looked more or less like he does in Star Hunter Redux. Uh, this one looks very closer to the original version of Caravaggio and the original version of the first series. Only a little bit okay. older, obviously, and a little more, a little fancier. Yes, Caravaggio got older in hyperspace, but but uh, but uh, Percy did not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so we've got we've got basically a new show, and I am trying to go at it from you know we 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 can't ignore the old show. Because they slapped us right up front with all the, remember what happened last time when we went to the cliffhanger and, and we come out and we kind of fall into this, I don't know, <laughs> this is, is it an alternate reality? I, I don't, I, I can't, I can't tell from what I've seen. I, we, we, I think we've hit the, the problematic is Travis or not Travis, um, enough for now I'll, I'll wait till i see more confirmation one way or the other before i decide where we've gone on this but it, it is it is strange and if it were anybody but percy absolutely anybody but percy then i would i would say that this is beyond credibility but percy does you know they they go to great lengths in this episode to explain that percy doesn't do logical. Caravaggio basically says that. It's like, to the outside observer, she doesn't make any sense. Boy, if that isn't a truer word spoken. But if she's got some sort of internal logic. Now, I'm not convinced there. But, you know, and there's a couple of other points. Even even Percy says it um, at, at one point. So, or, or more than one point. So, 
you know, it, it falls under the category of, well, I'm mad at Dante, so he won't let me do something. So I'll just rip these conduits out so the ship doesn't work right today. You know, it's that kind of logic. It's like, well, this guy shows up and he's obviously not my cousin. And he's because I just met my cousin. And that's not him. And I could do a DNS test and it's him. But no, you're not my Oh, well, all right. Maybe yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> it's like that. Percy. OK. Yeah, 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 who knows? Um, whatever she was, whatever was giving her the munchies uh, clearly is, is having its effect on her thought processes. Yeah. The 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 line, I'll stick with Travis for a moment. He gets a headache at the beginning. He has a vision of the transutopian. In the next scene, he's talking, the next scene we see him, he's talking with Marcus, and Marcus is saying, I've been knowing you for three years, and you never bothered to tell me that you time travel? What? How was how how that time travel? <laughs> it's like... You know, I get a headache and I had visions because I time travel. Ah, what? I can explain this. It's editing. It's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an editing problem. It's a redux editing problem. Yes. Um, in the original version of the episode, the the, the episode opens with the with the Transutopian coming out of hyperspace. Okay. And Percy heading to Clark Station, which is apparently the closest place to dock. Okay. And then we cut to Travis and Marcus on Clark Station. As okay. A, and, and then when, but so in that original sequence, all this makes more sense. But the re, the re-editing does confuse the matter. This is a, this is, a, well, I still don't quite see how that's time travel, but okay. But this is a, this is a thing. And again, I have to go based on what you've just said, that, it's very strange that that some of the edits that we get from Star Hunter Redux are, th- you know, I pick up on them. There's some I'm sure I haven't picked up on, but, but you know, I pick up on some of them and go, this doesn't make any sense. And then you can point out, well, you see, because they edited it this weird way, now it doesn't make any sense. Why did they do that? What, you know, when, when they, they were sitting back there in the editing room, did nobody looking at this go, you know... You take that line of dialogue out, and this doesn't make any sense anymore. Or you swap the order of these two things, and and there were definitely things in this episode that seemed to me like they'd been put in the wrong order, and I I can't identify them to you right at the top of my head. But there were just a couple places where I felt like this scene should have come before the other scene, based on the way they're acting, and uh, mostly they're in the sort of before and on the way to Pandora. Uh, after they got on board the ship, there were a couple places where it just felt like it was, it just felt off. And I don't know. It's, it's very strange that the, that you're supposed to be making the creator's cut and you're supposed to be making it better, not changing it so that it is more obscure. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not in the, I'm not in the headspace with these guys. We're, we're not, I, I, we're I'm, not sinking yeah. them and me. I'm, with, I'm with you there because I noticed a lot. That's odd. The first time I saw that, I thought, that's not the point. It's not the, that's odd. It doesn't make sense now. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. All right. Well, that, that's, let's, let's, um, yeah, by the way, did they actually, I mean, didn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't Dante and, and Travis, weren't they trying to prevent the earth from being destroyed? 
or well, something like that. Render they were going to see lifeless. Yeah, and then they went into hyperspace. Okay, so that's a thing that might or might not have happened in this timeline. The orchard is a thing that might or might not still exist. I mean, all of that. It, you know, if this guy were Travis, then obviously the orchard would still be hunting him. And I thought by now mankind was supposed to have broken out and become space bugs. And, you know, so 15 years have passed and I'm willing to give him a pass for an episode or two, but there better be some explanations of what happened in the universe coming up there uh, are, and not just forgetting it. There are um, a few, I will very judiciously avoid anything even hinting at a spoiler. I simply say that we do get callbacks and references and, there is such a thing as the orchard, yes. Okay. Now, let me ask this question. And is it more obvious in Star Hunter Redux than it was in Star Hunter 2300? Because I kind of get the feeling that Star Hunter 2300 was supposed to be, I'm washing my hands of the original series. We'll let you guys keep making TV, just don't make the one you made before kind of thing. And then if if the creators have come back and they've said, well, now I'm going to kind of unify these two and make them more cohesive, they might have made the ties more pronounced with the old, the original first season. Does that question make sense? I think. The, I'm actually not sure. Keep that in mind as we go through it. Yeah, then. but I can... Because yeah, you'll, yeah, I, you'll I, be I, able to... Yeah, I can tell that. you that... Um, in terms of scenes, of, of plot lines, this um, second season is the least altered throughout. Okay. Uh, the there there's an the, the um, opening. The, of course, there's a new there new opening. There's new music over the opening and closing credits. Originally, there was a different theme, mm-hmm. um, and then there were different soundtracks. They're all new soundtracks here. Yeah, um, I knew that. Yeah. Um, but apart from something like that, it's it's quite possible most of the time to watch the original and then turn around and watch the Redux version of any of these episodes, with the exception of the last one in the second season, and okay. see only the most cosmetic of differences. All right, that 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 kind of in a way that kind of makes sense. But all right, all right. I did notice um, that's a very tame gentleman's club. <laughs> compared to the one we had in the first one which had which at least had breasts yeah uh on ex, on uh display um yeah yeah there was it was kind of yeah it got the job done yeah Let, let's uh let's talk about the raiders a little bit yes obviously we've got this sort of i'm gonna call him travis <clears throat> okay because travis travis i mean this is this is Travis Montana. It is, it is what he calls himself. The, this is the, for the sake of this show, from this point forward, this guy is Travis. And um, he was obviously, he was a raider. <clears throat> he either believes or he was uh, kidnapped and taken from, from Dante. And for some reason, he thinks he knows that information. Which again, genetic DNA databases seem like a pretty easy way to track this stuff down. Uh, for all of them, including Skinny who we see at the end. Um, Except but, the one little pushback on that is people can fool the DNA test. They've done it in universe, but go ahead. 
they have done it already in a previous episode? Yes, the man who sold the world. Don't remember him fooling a genetic database, but but I'll take your word for it. Novak had done something so that the DNA test didn't come up as him being Novak. Hmm. All right. Uh, Novak is a pretty advanced scientist uh, in that field of research compared to a raider. But all right. The raiders seem to be a biker gang. They all got their leathers. They got their they got their clan jackets. Uh, oh yeah. They don't. I I. It's like they're a completely different thing. It feels like they're a completely different thing here. They're working openly in in bars on. Uh, I think we're on Jupiter area in the Jupiter Feder- Jupiter Federation there. Uh, oh no, it was Iapetus. Well, that might be Jupiter. I don't know. I don't know which moon is around which planet, but. We are mostly in Jupiter and Saturn space in this episode. Yes, so. we are. Zavras has nothing better to do than fly around looking for Travis Montana. I, you know, okay. I, that just doesn't that just doesn't make any sense. Um, but and then the bit about him. Oh, the reason he's trying to track me down is because so you would not find out the truth about who you are. Because you're supposed to be the chosen one for the clan leader, but instead he made you his slave. And none of that makes any sense either, because the reason Travis figured it out was he apparently just ran a computer record check on that guy. (laughs) So it's not like it's not like Travis is the only guy that could tell him Travis didn't even know. So, eh. It's like, all right, uh, fine. And at the end of the episode, they've got him in their jail. He says, when I get out, I'm going to get you. Okay, fine. They go down to the cafeteria there and they all go, oh, well, nobody wants him. So we're not going to get paid. Okay, so what are they going to do with him? Keep him in that jail cell? Let him go? (laughs) Kill him? Is he going to be in the cell next week? (laughs) Because... I, that that's that was the implications that nobody wants him. We got a criminal. Nobody wants him. All I can tell you is uh, we don't see him again. Thank goodness, because he was terrible. And he was, he did, was awful. Did you re- <laughs> did you recognize where you'd seen Mister Alan Van Spring? No. Did you watch that god awful last season of Earth Final Conflict? No. You spared yourself. Mm. He played Howlin the Atavis. Well, I can see how they'd give him a character named Howlin', because he was screaming at the, chewing up the scenes like a wild animal. <laughs> I am, I am, I, you know, I am so pleased that we're never going to see him again. I am very, very much pleased because I thought if this is the quality of villains, we've got to, yeah. we, we do not need a recurring villain in this show, and if so, that's not him. So, all right, all right. Good. Um, By the way, his last, uh, the uh, character's name is Jimmy Zavras. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy Zavras, and his um, slave is Skinny. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, why did everybody else go along with that? I, I mean, I, I I really don't understand what they're, I mean, we, we've already had a problem with what the raiders do with children to begin with, right? That That it was, first it was supposed to be because of the, vaccine they'd been given or whatever it was or the flu that they'd been given and then 
and then they couldn't have kids, so we had to raid them, and then it seemed to grow into a sort of cottage industry for raiders, which, you know, really does beg the question, what happens to actual natural-born raiders? Do they, like, steal them from each other? Because that would be kind of cute. That'd be a cute idea. Um, I just said that they just grow up and be raiders, but... Um, or apprentice raiders. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> apprentice raiders. Apparently, apparently you can choose to join. Um, it does sound like that, doesn't it? It sounds like you can go become a raider in this version of the show. You can show up at the door. Hey, I'd like to be a raider. Okay. Pass the test or whatever it is. Run the apprentice program for a few years. Kidnap a few kids. Kill their parents. Prove you're sincere about this whole thing. And we'll let you in. I... <laughs> I don't know. I, I I I know I can tell from the next episode that we're going to have a lot more of the Zarin clan. The Varen clan, yes. Varen clan. And we'll get more into uh, the raiders and more into the background of our new leader. So, um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. They, they've left me with more questions and more inconsistencies at the end of this episode than I and the whole notion that, that Skinny was the chosen child. There's something weird about that concept, right? I mean, you know, it's one thing when, when somebody goes along and says that the, I cannot think of who it is, but the, the, the llama that, the one that, the one that, uh, I want to say punch and something, that, that identifies the reincarnation of the Dalai Lama. Yeah, another one. You and that whole, gosh. I should know that name. But anyway, obviously somebody goes out and says, oh, this is who, who it is. And so then they take that kid and then they, they raise him to be the next Dalai Lama. He is, in effect, the chosen one. Unlike under the current circumstances where they take the child and he is immediately arrested by the Chinese authorities and taken off somewhere uh, and raised so that he will never, ever be the Dalai Lama. <clears throat> Another story, but it has that feel to it here. That somehow this kid was picked, I don't know, is it his grades in school or... I think it'd be people picked a bit random and say, we're going to kill his parents and take him. The chosen one's kind of an odd phrase for that. You know, to, this one's the one that's chosen to be the next leader of our clan. And that's when Travis has his has his. I can't doubts. do this anymore. And, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's done it before, I'm guessing. Um but now, since he's the leader of the clan, he's picking this boy to be his successor. That's the way I see that. So it's basically, it's his kid. It's going to be, he's going to raise this kid. That was the idea. So they're picking his son, and that's the point where he decides, no, this is wrong. Okay, I, maybe. I can, I can maybe buy that one. But then, did Jimmy become the leader of the clan? Because he's got yes. the funny finger thing now. Yes, Jimmy became the leader. He's got the, the, the little thing the Benny Gesserit use ah. to smack him in the... I can't think of the name of that. The Dom Jabber or something like that? The Gom Jabbar. Ah! I was close. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty good. And, uh, well, then why didn't he raise Jimmy to be his successor instead of raising him to be his slave? So why didn't Jimmy raise Skinny to be a successor? Yeah, Skinny. Sorry, I, I didn't mean Jimmy. Skinny, um, yeah. Because he's still the chosen one, and now he's the leader. So 
Well, that was... Doesn't he need a kid? Jimmy's a villain. He made a, made a villainous choice. Okay. He's still going to lead a, have a power vacuum at some point in the future, though. Yeah. Okay. Just Well, it wouldn't be the first out. time someone has not thought about succession. I, I, <laughs> I think that... You know who should get together? Uh, uh, Jimmy and Percy. Two people who don't make plans. Because um, plans don't work out. Plans don't work out. Well, your plans don't work out because they're bad plans. <clears throat> but uh, maybe maybe you should be thinking about that at a completely different level. <laughs> um, okay. Severus, yeah, I've already complained on him. The whole idea of a, an apprentice. All right. Uh, we got that. Uh, I thought I was, I was very much amused by the fact that everybody goes, A shuttle with torpedoes? Why, that's illegal! What? <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure the Raiders obey the laws. You mean their shuttles don't have torpedoes? Apparently not. And, It'd be and illegal. why does the shuttle have torpedoes? <laughs> I mean, it, no, you know, actually, Jimmy said, he actually said, I call him Jimmy because that makes him sound more juvenilely stupid yes. than Zavros. But uh, that's impossible. <laughs> like, no. Really? I mean, the the last two people are just like, that's illegal. Okay, but that's impossible. You you can't, I mean, we're law-abiding raiders, doggone it. You would never do, I, mm, come. Um, no evidence of that, as I recall, at all in any earlier episodes of Star Hunter. No. That the shuttles were even armed at uh, all. There was none. Okay. We so are, we're, we're looking at a reboot. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It, it is, it is a reboot. It's clearly a different... You know, if you were watching these as two separate series, I would say these are two different, two different series. So I can, uh, but you know, just try. But they are presenting this as a package as one whole now. Yes. And so, and this is it's part fair of to the, ask the question. Yes, it is fair to ask the question, and this is part of the difficulty of taking two very different series and trying to and melding them into one. Yeah, I don't. Has it ever been done before? Not to my knowledge. So, <clears throat> but you know, maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope for yeah, them yeah. going back and doing Buck Rogers Redux. There, oh, oh boy, yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, actually, actually, that one does work more smoothly um, if, if people could do it. But but actually, um, I prefer uh, looking. Um, I still prefer looking upon the two seasons as as different. This is each, each one is a different series because just it just I don't it it, 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 it does not bring up these awkward questions. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I, I, I'm I'm genuinely trying to look at this from that standpoint, right? And when I watch this episode, I'm like, I'm going in clean. Uh, our listeners will not know this, but we've actually had a, a nice break. Uh, we haven't talked about. I haven't watched a Star Hunter episode in at least two months. You know, it's, uh, and so fresh. I didn't rewatch any of the old ones to to get me up to speed. I knew that this was a new series and, you know, there are a few things that they've put in here or taken out or whatever that you, you just have to have some comparison to the old series because obviously they, even when they were two different shows, they obviously had some tie. Cause I don't think they went back and filmed all those scenes where the guy is coming, yeah, I'm Dante's son. And obviously, you know, Dante's a real person from the past. So, Okay. Uh, and I'm trying to reserve, trying to reserve judgment, but 
as I say, it, it, it still is fair to raise the questions about the things that have changed from one version to the next because they are presenting them as being a, a continuous spectrum between the two. Let's see. All I've got, and I'm, I'm seriously, I've, I've, I've ranked on it enough, but I'm going to ask some questions about Percy. Okay. Because there are things about her that seem different. And there were things about her that, like I said, it gave me question as to whether or not she was better or not. And so, for example, they come out of the wormhole and she gets to work fixing the ship. You know, she didn't, she didn't uh, decide to have a sulk and listen to Billy Tsunami. She just got on with a job at hand. That's not the Percy we know. When she meets up with Rodolfo, she's armed with actual facts. She's checked out the ownership of the ship. She's checked out the status of the insurance company. She's checked out Jupiter's salvage law. Yes. That's not the Percy we know. That That is, that is hey, this is a Percy that has matured. Now, in theory... There's no time has passed for her, except for however long it took for her to get from the, the wormhole back to, to Clark Station. But that felt like Percy was a different person. And another thing that felt like Percy was a different person was she was sitting there in a bar having a drink. And I don't know what the drinking age is in Star Hunter universe. And of course, she's 15 years older, so she's now in her, you know... 30s yes. whether or not she looks it or not legally she's 30 <laughs> so um she's allowed to have a drink in a bar but that doesn't strike me as the sort of thing that percy would have thought of because she's bound to still be thinking about being just barely a, over a teenager right she right. you would think she would still have that mindset it's like oh dante won't let me go to the bar oh wait i can go to the bar I'll have a bourbon or whatever she was drinking. You know, that that is not your first bar experience. That's that's not how people go to a bar for the first time, and and just sit there in that sort of contemplative way. And again, it's like Percy seems to be different. But then she gets the two parties, Rodolfo and Travis, at the airlock. She'd already cut a deal with Rodolfo. Did she intend to keep that deal? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm beginning to wonder because then she tells Travis to be there and she shows up at the door and she says, okay, bidding war starts. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, uh, yeah, whatever. Never mind. Bye-bye. She doesn't even give them a chance to, to say a word. I, and I think it's fair for them to be kind of in this sort of, what the heck kind of stunt are you pulling? On us, instead of just immediately going, I bid 55%. It, it, it's perfectly natural for those people to be caught off guard. It's perfectly natural for them to, to pause. It would be natural for them to ask questions or have some comments about it. But she just locks the door on them and leaves. Which, you know, if nothing else, she had a quote-unquote deal with Rudolfo. She's turning away money and leaving. I don't understand. I, you know, that that is... Percy doing things that Percy doesn't make sense. And and later in the episode, when she when she locks uh, Marcus in the thing and she takes control of the ship and she decides to abandon Travis and Callie, I, I'm not sure there is that line that says, oh, they've got enough fuel to get back to Clark Station. But that's, that's kind of, 
that's kind of almost potentially murdering those people because you're you know bailing out and and leaving on them that that is just as bad as sabotaging the ship except now it's her ship so she can't do that one so she's got to do something else i i don't i don't get what why i i, I mean i under, i i will accept the fact that she doesn't like the fact that hey this is finally my ship my whole life i've spent my time wanting to get the hell off this ship and not be under dante's thumb and now it's my ship and I don't like somebody else telling me what to do. But that's not what happened. Travis wasn't telling her what to do. He did ask nicely when he asked her to go do the flight plan. He caught himself and he recognized that that was wrong. But when he took the shuttle out, he was doing the bounty hunter stuff. And that isn't, that isn't Percy. That's what they came to do. And the fact that she's all like, now I'm going to abandon you. That's bad old Percy again. And I, I don't want to ever see bad old Percy ever again. Yeah. Yeah, and there's that line in there where where Callie says to Travis, so what are you saying? She's not so bad once you get to know her? <laughs> I'm thinking, no, no, she is once you get to know her. So hopefully, hopefully this is a new Percy. I, ugh, I don't know. There is, I, there is that point. You're right. There is that point about uh, abandoning them was not nice. No, that was really, I mean, they, they had, like I said, they had grounds to go up there and pound the poo out of her or worse. That was, re, you know, Marcus less so. Okay, he got trapped in there for a while. He got out. He would have gotten out. He was in no danger. But the other two were in danger. I, I also like, okay, I, I genuinely like the fact that the way Travis feels more like a leader. And he also basically got them working as a team fairly quickly. And they did work as a team, with the exception of Percy, who was kind of did for a while. And then she just kind of got got all Percy on him. That feels better than the dysfunctional team that they had in the first season. And even if it's bigger. And, and even Rudolfo did not bother me. He didn't do anything, but he didn't bother me in this episode. Yeah, he was a bit of a sexist when when a, a pretty girl comes up to him and wants to talk to him, but that was about it. The rest of it was seemed, you know, if he brings something to the team later on, great. But I I'm cautiously I'm cautiously optimistic. To be fair, at at this moment, you know, the just the big the big thing. Is going to be, are we going to waste too much more time on the Divinity Cluster, which if they could just forget it would be good, uh, except that it would be bad because it was such a big thing. And, you know, having Percy grow up a little bit, that's all. Th- those those two things, and they could improve the show immeasurably, and, and I'm cautiously optimistic. See, I'm checking here. The writer is Peter Zorich, who... Uh... Uh, it was also known as Peter I. Horton, and he wrote some of the episodes in the first season. Did he? Yes. Mm-hmm. And let um, me go back to here. He wrote, and I quote, the, he wrote the following. He wrote Trust. Ooh. The Ron with the brother, the cousins. Uh, oh. He wrote The Most Wanted Man, mm. mm-hmm. where Harmon is um, on the yeah. on the run. He wrote a twist in time and eat sin. 
Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense that the guy that wrote the final part should be the one to write the the. No, no, no that was the twist in time and each sin were not the end of the first season. They were toward. Oh, the those end. are the first. Yeah, those, those are the, the ones that, that that creepy prisoner named. Yeah, five. Five, yeah. And then he wrote this one, and he went on to write Starcrossed, which is the next one. And then he he he, he wrote he wrote, uh, he he wrote a few more in this second season. All right, here's my question for you, not to be answered right now. Okay. Maybe when we talk about it in Starcrossed, let let's have this information available. How much of a crossover of the writing team is there from season one to season two? I'll have an answer for you. So, yeah, this guy obviously has several in the thing. It's been two or three years production-wise. You can't necessarily get the same writers. I would expect uh, that the creators, uh, Nilu... Nilu Giron. Yeah, might be in there, obviously, because they're still involved in the production. But, um, yeah, it would be interesting to know if it's the same stable of writers or whether they've got got some new people in here to, to, to add a fresh... A fresh flavor. I'll, 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 we'll have a complete breakdown. I have got nothing else. I think I've hit. I just have one last here. point, which is apparently in the year twenty three hundred in this universe, the old old urban legend about MSG persists. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I groaned. I groaned when I heard that one. It's like, uh Really? I love MSG. Put MSG on bacon. Try that, folks. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but a completely, a it's a completely debunked idea, but it's like so many other debunked oh, yeah. ideas, it keeps going around. Yes. Yes. Like, like I don't know, like uh, the election was stolen. Yeah, kind of, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> All right. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did uh, think about and that. one more. You know, I, oh yes, also had this one. I wrote this note today. Um, a particle beam that that takes three minutes to warm up can be a really bad weapon. That I yeah all right. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, obviously, that was a plot uh, a plot device. I mean, I suppose let's let's um, let's take a look at a submarine. I think that they don't keep torpedoes in the tubes. Therefore, when they want to fire a torpedo, they have to load them. That may not take three minutes. And I suspect that they work really hard to get that number down as low as they possibly can. But it's not instantaneous. So, uh, mm, I, I might be able to forgive that because they do have other weapons and it isn't a battleship. I mean, it's, right. a, it's a cruise liner that's been modified they uh, used to have those tracking cannon guns, which I think they might still have on the physically on the, the model. So I, you know, I could maybe, maybe it takes a while to get the big gun going and use the small gun. But again, Percy's not doesn't seem to be particularly experienced in that aspect of it. I'm wondering if Travis had been on the bridge, whether that would have gone differently. Well, I'm sure it would have gone differently. Oh yeah. But you know, uh, somebody who's a little more experienced tactician with fighting might have also, you know, started charging it up the minute they saw a vessel on attack. Yes. Vector. It was like, uh, start charging the particle cannons, just, you know, just in case. We can always decharge them. Yeah. There was, there was that. But 
yeah. Uh, all in all, I, I like I said, cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. I really didn't know what to think after watching this one, and, and I think my my conclusion is you just have to say it's too early to tell. You, you you do have to look at this as a new TV series and not try to saddle it with the sins of the past. And I'll try to do that. And there Obviously are it's saddled with one, but, and yeah. there are twenty one more episodes of it. Yeah. Um, I'll be interesting. The the clips for the next one did not look compelling to me. They they looked a lot like original Star Hunter scenes, but that could be the editing of the That's the editing. The um, yeah. The and actually having seen the next episode and seen the clips, that uh, was not the best promo for it. Okay. All right. So that's hopefully that's a that's just a that's thing. So next time you said it was Starcrossed, I believe. Yes. Starcrossed. Next time we look at Star Hunter Redux. Kind of thank you for my, joining me. It's my pleasure. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on Twitter, our website, or Facebook. Find out how you can become a supporter at Patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol. Supporters get early access to all regular episodes, bonus episodes, and more. There's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic TV series Babylon 5. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.